The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. follow-up today is a return guest, and if it was really up to me, I guess it is always up to me. He'd be on every week, but he is Jeff Perlman, the New York Times best-selling author. His latest is Football for a Buck, the crazy rise and crazier demise of the USFL. It comes out September 11, 2018. You can pre-order it now. Also, check out the podcast, Always an Entertaining Conversation. That's two writers slinging gang and for everything, jeffperlman.com. Jeff, what story from the new book could be broken out and have an entire book written about it? Okay, so I thought about this one, and um, I was actually driving with my son Emmett today, and I had him read. I told him what you were going to ask, and chapter 14 of my book is called Blank Guns, and it's entirely about the San Antonio gunslingers. And the first paragraph, literally, I have in front of me of that chapter is, you're reading a book about the United States Football League, were there a market for it, however, you'd be reading a book about the San Antonio gunslingers, and it would run at least 5,000 pages. So my answer is the crazy, insane San Antonio gunslingers of the USFL. And how would it start? Jesus, man, there's so many stories from that. I mean, right, so the gunslingers are owned by this guy, Clinton Mangus, and the USFL did not do, you know, they really wanted to expand. So basically the USFL, the first year, had 12 teams, and they decided for 1984 they should expand and add six more teams, which is insane for a one-year-old league. But they were going to get, you know, $6 million per team, so they needed the influx of cash. So they expand to San Antonio, and they get this guy, Clinton Mangus, who's kind of this, like, not 100% above-board, you know, kind of oil guy. And, you know, he, he I mean, just their million, he was the worst owner ever. He hired his coach, just, their coach is this guy, Gil Stenke, who last coached like 10 years ago at Texas A&I. And he only had seven fingers because he lost three of them in a lawnmower accident, hey. which is you couldn't even make up. And he used to coach from the stands. He would sit next to his wife in the stands and coach a team from the stands because he thought he got a better view of the field. So <laughs> that's a guy, like all these other teams are hiring like Chuck Fairbanks and George Allen and the Gunslingers hire Gil Stenke to be the coach of their team. And then they hire, so then the owner brings in basically all his friends to run the team, and nobody knows what they're doing, and they bring in all these horrible players. Um, the owner's super cheap, so instead of using, they're playing in, you know, an Alamo stadium, it's this old dilapidated high school stadium. The turf is the worst turf ever, and instead of using whatever it is to paint the field with the logos, they use industrial spray paint. So players, when they slide on the field, end up having these horrible burns from the combination of the turf, which is great sea quality, and spray paint getting into the cuts. And there are all these stories of, like, Steve Young, who played for the LA Express, sliding on the field and having a burn that ran from his knee to his hip oh. and being in the shower just screaming from the pain of hot water touching industrial paint and burn from turf. Uh. How, wait, I, a question back on uh, on Gil yeah. Stanky. How did he call plays? He would radio them in. It's like the greatest thing <laughs> ever. He would walkie-talkie. He would walkie-talkie them into the sideline. Any 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 players on that team that we'd know? Uh, the most 
famous would be Rick Neuheisel, oh. who you know went on to coach. He was their quarterback. Oh, and wow. you know, I mean, just giving Clint Mangus had a choice: Dan Pastorini, who was a quarterback for the Houston Oilers and was a free agent, or Rick Neuheisel. And he saw Rick Neuheisel play at UCLA and thought he'd be the better quarterback. Neuheisel was just an ordinary quarterback. Um, the best thing, now Rick Neuheisel talked about this briefly, in the, in, there was a 30 for 30 on ESPN about the USFL. Uh, second year in 1985, Clinton Mangus stopped paying players, and the checks would bounce really quick. So players, as soon as they got paid, they'd be this rush to the bank to cash their checks because, like, the first five players' checks would bounce and then everyone else's checks. Um, I mean, first five, uh, five would clear and then the others would bounce. And my favorite thing, I mean, the guy thing would you go on and on. I had a defensive lineman named Greg Fields who was one of the stars in my book. And Greg Fields was a tough guy from San Francisco, grew up in the, in the projects of San Francisco, played at Grambling, signed with the Gunslingers. Um, after... He got, when he got cut from the L.A. Express, he punched his coach in the face oh. and, and left. And the gunslingers signed him because that's the kind of thing the gunslingers would do. <laughs> and he stopped getting paid. And one day he drove, he followed the owner of the team home. He followed him to his home. And when his owner got out of the car, Greg Fields got out of the car with a baseball bat. And he said, you either pay me or there's going to be trouble. And Clint Mangus ran into his house comes back out with a paper bag filled with $10,000 in cash. And Greg Fields drives off of his money. Well, how, how, how was this stuff covered at the time? It was covered sort of well, but at the time, players weren't that open about it because they were just, you know, you want to get paid and you're playing for the team and blah, blah, blah. But the, I mean, in hindsight, these guys just view it as like the craziest fraternity party they've ever been a part of. I mean, there was this one guy, they had a player named... <laughs> named Jim Bob Morris. And this guy was telling me how, so he said the players on the Gunslingers were like huge celebrities in San Antonio because there wasn't that much going on at the time. And he said, his, you know, he was like, we were just getting laid left and right. And he said he installed, he, he installed an answering machine in his wall because when his girlfriend visited, and it was the second phone line, when his girlfriend would visit from Kansas, um, he wanted the women in San Antonio to be able to reach him and leave messages without her knowing. So he actually installed this what? system in his wall. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And he would when when she was not there, he would check the answering service, but she didn't know he had it. It's like a million. I, I'll tell you another one. The general manager of the team would clutch. Their their offices were located in two trailers in the parking lot. That's where their offices were. They were literally a double wide trailers in the parking lot of the Alamo Stadium, and. When players stop getting paid and they start coming to complain, the GM would climb out the window <laughs> of his office and go into his car and drive off so they couldn't find him. I mean, it's, it sounds it's true. It's, it, it, it sounds so outrageous, but of, but of course we know it's true. Was there was there a time that, given all these shenanigans, that that owners actually thought this league was going to survive? Oh yeah. I think the league, I, I thought the league was a great, here's the thing, USFL was a great idea. The idea was formed on spring football, we're going to have regional drafts, right? So the drafts are going to, the Tampa Bay Bandits are going to draft from Florida State, from Florida, uh, Albany State, Florida, right? So you're going to have fans who love the college game follow their players into the pros. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Bandits, they, they gave Steve Spurrier his first head coaching job. Their quarterback was John Reeves from Florida. Um, the idea was smart. It was going to be keep salaries low, 
uh, you know, expectations at a, at a minimum at the beginning spring, so we're not directly challenging the NFL. And then uh, owners sort of got antsy quick when they started losing money, even though, of course, you're going to lose money in the early days. And then Donald Trump came along, and Donald Trump really butchered the league in half. Now, I'd recommend folks checking out Jeff's timeline. He's, he posted a video recently and about about the president, and then also that video that as we record this on Friday, what is today, August 23rd, that video, yeah. that video that came out today, the, the trailer for the book is outstanding. It's good, right? That's yeah, outstanding. So good. I, I've never seen a trailer for a uh, book before. Yeah, every, you know, I, um, I have a friend who's a, who's a rapper, MC White Owl. He's really, really good and really established. Right, he does, he does the music for the podcast. He does, he does the music for the podcast, and he also, he did, I did two other trailers, but and he did the songs for them for Sweetness and for Showtime. But this is by far his best work. And then I found a, uh, this guy, I, I mean, this is just kind of how life works in a nice way with social media. I went to University of Delaware. Some recent grad was like, hey, I, I'm looking for work in media. And, um, you know, I, uh, I do video production. And I was like, I don't know anyone, but I, if you want to do a video for this podcast, I could pay you not great. And that's how, that's how it happened. Steven Ocella, good stuff. It is good stuff. All right, you can pre-order the book on Amazon, everywhere else. Check out jeffperlman.com. The book is Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL, and maybe at some point a book on the San Antonio Gunslingers. Jeff, good talking to you. Thanks, Bob. I love it. All right, thanks a lot. If you pre-order the book, email a screen grab of the receipt to jeff at annold22 at gmail.com and he'll send you a USFL sticker, autographed book plate, and you'll be entered into a raffle to win a San Antonio Gunslinger t-shirt. I also recommend getting lost on jeffperlman.com, reading his interview series, The Quaz, listening to the podcast, Two Writers Sling and Yang, reading his blog and articles, and buying any number of his New York Times bestselling books. He's always responding on Twitter, so you can chat with him there too, at Jeff Perlman, and include me in the conversation, at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. If you want to have something in common with Jeff, subscribe to the follow-up, as he does. Please take 30 seconds, click the five-star rating on iTunes, and leave a review like this one, and I'll read it on the show. From The Shoes Fit, it's incredible how much you can learn and enjoy in such a short period of time when the right questions are asked. That's really nice. Thank you. means a lot. Now, your turn. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.